Bitch, is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey bitches, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host Raven and today you are in for a special treat my friends. So the year is coming to an end and you know what that means. It's time for a little countdown moment. You know you start seeing them everywhere this time of year and this podcast is no different. So instead of doing a recap today, I'm going to share my top 20 Bravo moments of 2020 with you. I went back and forth about whether it should be an overall top 20 list or just Bravo moments, and I ended up going with Bravo for two reasons. Reason number one, everyone that listens to this podcast loves Bravo just as much as I do, if not more. (laughs) And reason number two, there was just no way for me to narrow down the list to just 20, like if it was an overall list. There just too much big shit happened this year. So yeah, top 20 Bravo moments it is. Also, just wanted to let y'all know, uh, this will be the last episode of Bitches Better for 2020. I'm going to give myself a little break for the holidays, but I'll be back right at the beginning of the new year and I'll be bitchier than ever, I promise. (laughs) Now, let's get to this list. Um, Oh, also, these aren't really in any particular order either, except for number one, because I'm a mess. Okay, number 20, Mm, Kelly Dodd. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about this one for too long because she doesn't really deserve my breath, to be honest, but I have to mention this. Um, Kelly really showed her ass this year. I mean, she's always shown her ass, but like she really kicked it up a notch, making ignorant comments about COVID and Black Lives Matter just all fucking year long. I mean, it was insane. There was no stop in this bitch. And I was really upset by this because I used to love her. Y'all know how I felt about Kelly. Um, So it's really upsetting and embarrassing, but we all make mistakes, right? <laughs> okay, on to number 19. Um, We had some, some serious style moments this year. And like, I know there were a lot, but Here's a few that came to mind immediately. So we've got Denise's combat boots, or as I like to think she calls them, uh, old reliable. She wore those bitches everywhere, all of the time. And even when they were in Rome, she was like eyeing a new pair at Fendi. Remember that? (laughs) Unforgettable. Okay, so then we have uh, Bugsy from Below Deck and all of her accessories. She truly bought everything that they had at Claire's and put all of it on at once. And it was fascinating to see. (laughs) Fascinating. Okay, so then we also saw some tragic struggle ponies from one Brandy Glanville and also Giselle Bryant. Do you remember? I'm sure you do. They looked fucking ridiculous. Like they went to Sally's, they bought the little clip on ponytail, didn't bother trying to match it to their hair. And yeah, they just popped it on and left the house and they never should have done that. But here we are. Also, (laughs) we just got Giselle and also her home decor. Call it pretty girl syndrome or just bad taste. I don't know. Either way, her clothes and her home decor are just awful. And she refuses to acknowledge that or even make an effort to improve. So that's where we're at with that. (laughs) Number 18. Oh, my goodness. When Danielle grabbed Marge's ponytail and dog walked her after Marge emptied the bottle of water on Danielle's head. Oh, 
and Danielle poured the candle wax from the $600 candle, by the way, into Marge's purse. A moment. Now, this one, I had to actually check the date on because I wasn't sure if it happened this year or last year. And guess when it was? January 1st, 2020. That's when the episode aired. So I'm counting it as 2020. It feels like a lifetime ago, right? I know. Okay, number 17. Um, (laughs) We learned the true meaning of the thumbs up emoji. Thumbs up equals fuck you to anyone that didn't know that and you missed that episode of Salt Lake City (laughs) or whatever. Um, Yeah, we have Lisa Barlow and Heather Gay to thank for that. They cleared it up for us. So do not send a thumbs up uh, emoji to anyone unless you want some problems. Remember this going into 2021. Number 16 is very personal to me, but this is my list, right? Okay. Number 16 is Luann singing happy birthday. (laughs) I know it may seem silly to y'all, but I, I really cannot explain to you how much I loved that shit. It has changed the way I sing happy birthday forever, really. Anyone's birthday, like after I saw her singing, happy birthday to you, like, why would I not sing it that way moving forward? (laughs) I'm going to. Uh, Okay. Number 15 is Valium Gate. Okay, so... This is when Hannah on Below Deck Med ended up getting fired because she had Valium without a prescription and she didn't, you know, declare that she had it and she had a weed or CBD pen, unclear, but this one had everyone fired up um, and everyone's pissed at Captain Sandy and Malia because Malia went through Hannah's things, took a picture of her belongings, and then she went to Captain Sandy to report it. But... She did this only after getting into a fight with Hannah about bunk assignments. And I personally still think that if they didn't get into the bunk war, Malia never would have said anything about the Valium because she already knew about it. I mean, days before she knew about the Valium, she didn't say a thing. So yeah, I just, that that was really a lot. And I (laughs) Captain Sandy and Malia really had a lot of people turn on them. And even at their little reunion, I mean, they didn't really clear anything up or make themselves look any better. So yeah, it's like, fuck Captain Sandy and Malia. Love Hannah. Sorry to see her go. Happy for her and her new engagement and her new baby. So yeah. But one good thing that we can take away from this is that we all got a crash course lesson in maritime law. So there's that. (laughs) All right. Number 14, we've had some big breakups this year. So Teresa and Joe got divorced um, after Joe got deported. And then Portia dumped Dennis the hot dog king. And I gotta say, I'm happy to see both of these relationships end. Like, (laughs) oh my God, that sounds like a horrible thing to say. But y'all know what I mean. I'm, I'm like sad for Teresa and Portia, like if they're sad. But honestly, they're way better off without those trash men. Like, they were the worst. And Teresa has a new man now, which is great. And so now, you know, we're just waiting to see what lucky man ends up with Portia. So, yes, good for them. Number 13, uh, Vanderpump Rules Pregnancy Pack. Half the damn cast of Vanderpump Rules got pregnant this year. Um, First it was Stassi, then it was Lauren from Utah, then it was Brittany, and then it was Sheena. 
And you you just cannot tell me that this wasn't a pregnancy pact. Y'all know how these people roll. They're so close with each other. They're going to do everything together, including living on the same fucking street and giving birth together. And you know what? I can't stand most of them, but I, I do wish them healthy pregnancies and congratulations on their babies and all of that. Number 12. Whew, Erica and Tom. Oh, that was another breakup too. I guess I missed that one. Okay, they need one on their own. So we got (laughs) this news about Erica and Tom in the last quarter of 2020. So Erica filed for divorce and many people suspected that it was fake and it had something to do with the lawsuits Tom's facing. And one of the lawsuits uh, is for Tom allegedly embezzling money from plane crash victims' families. Allegedly, he was funneling the money through Erica's company, and this was paying for things like her glam squad and her ridiculous outfits. Then they had another lawsuit for allegedly trying to use their divorce to embezzle more money. Then Erica put out these old ass text messages proving that Tom cheated and saying that's why she divorced him and, you know, that the divorce is real. And listen, while I enjoyed seeing all of that, it did not make me forget about the bigger issue here, okay? And that's obviously why she did it, you know, because she wants to make us think about something else. And we did for a minute, but now we're back on the issue at hand. So also just recently, their assets were frozen and Erica tried selling some clothes online to make money. And the judge was like, no, girl, you cannot do that. Cut it out. So then the judge referred Tom uh, and Erica over to the U.S. Attorney's Office for criminal investigation. Yikes. People are saying they're like seriously probably going to go to prison and that this whole thing is worse than the Teresa and Joe thing. Story developing. <laughs> this one is definitely go going to go into 2021. All right. Number 11. It's uh, some diversity this year. Bravo finally decided it was time to diversify the housewives and whether it was for genuine reasons or performative reasons. I think it's the latter, but um, we'll never know. But it happened, and that's great. So uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills got their first black woman, which is Garcelle. We love her. Real Housewives of New York gets two black women, uh, Ebony K. Williams and Bershawn Shaw. Love it. Real Housewives of Dallas adds their first Asian woman, Tiffany Moon. Dr. Tiffany Moon, excuse me. I apologize, Dr. Moon. And then also Beverly Hills adds an Asian woman is Crystal Minkoff. And listen, while we only saw Garcelle on the screen this year, I had to mention the other editions because this is just a huge fucking moment in Bravo history. And I cannot wait to see all of these ladies on screen. Number 10 is Portia Luther King. Portia made all of us so proud this year with her activism. She was just like putting herself out there on the front lines at these Black Lives Matter protests, getting arrested, speaking out about Breonna Taylor, police brutality, and just like so much more. And she's come such a long way from the woman we were introduced to years ago that thought actual trains were on the Underground Railroad. And I'm just so proud to see it. Like that, my friends, is a transformation. And it is incredible. She makes me proud to be a Portia stan. Number nine, the year of the receipts. (laughs) 2020 was truly the year of the receipts at reunions. So we got printed text messages from Rinna and Ramona at their reunions. 
Uh, Rena didn't even read her. She just held them up and threatened to read them. Stupid. Ramona had hers, though, and she actually threw them onto the ground. And as you remember, Andy scrambled to gather them, <laughs> took him back to his seat and started reading over them. And then we got the big daddy receipt that puts all other receipts to shame. Monique's binder. Baby had a tab for everyone on the cast, including herself, and she even had one for Charisse. Now, uh, at the time of me recording this, I haven't seen all three parts of the reunion yet, so I don't know if she ends up going through all of the tabs or she just hits Giselle's. Either way, I'm prepared to pay a lot of money to see what's in that damn binder. Seriously. Also, Jamal Bryant, a.k.a. the Cash Register, a.k.a. Pastor Holy Whore, a.k.a. the Petty Pastor, assembled his own binder in retaliation, but it actually had nothing in it, and he was just running his mouth about it on Instagram Live, and it was an embarrassing mess for him. So, yeah. Number eight. Oh, so many of our shows were affected by a virus that shall not be named, but, um... Lots of cities had to stop filming for a while, like anytime someone tested positive or, you know, they were exposed or something like that. And it does make me wonder, like, when some of these cities will be premiering and, you, you know, if they have to keep starting and stopping with the filming, like Potomac premiere date was pushed back and we were inconsolable when they announced it. Remember? Oh, my God. Can you imagine if they had aired it back in May like they were supposed to originally? I wonder if everyone would still be fighting about this stuff now. <laughs> the world will never know. Um, but we also got our very first virtual reunions. First, we had Atlanta, and then we had Beverly Hills. Uh, Beverly Hills was a mess, but I don't think that has anything to do with it being virtual. <laughs> Either way, like, I was not a fan of the virtual reunions. I'm so happy that they have been in person again and their social distancing what? I cannot speak. <laughs> Social distancing <laughs> and being safe so we can see them all in person again. So thank God for that. Number seven, Denise versus everyone. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Denise and Brandy fucked. Allegedly, but they totally did. Uh, Denise said that it was a lie. Brandy says it's the truth. And everyone was forced to choose sides. So who do you believe, Brandy or Denise? I believed Brandy, although she was super thirsty and obviously just did this to try and get on the show. It did not work for her. Um, and although Denise doesn't technically have to tell us about, you know, whether they had sex or not or her sex life, um, she just made herself look not only guilty, but also just bad with the amount of lying she did concerning this whole thing. Like so many lies. Okay. And then she also gave us a quote that will go down in Bravo history. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. So we all learned that if something was happening during filming and you want to call a timeout or stop filming, you'd say bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Now, all of the women said that they just do that kind of like as a joke if they want to like fix their makeup or something. But Denise took it to heart and honey, she wore it out. She said it all the damn time. She said it so much that she pissed the producers off with it. And they were like, you know what? We're not stopping. And also, we're going to leave this in so that you look like an ass. And that's what happened. And yeah, that was that. 
Number six. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Monique versus Candace, the drag herd round the world. <laughs> this has got to be one of, if not the most divisive feuds in Bravo history. I'm not even going to get into the details of the fight because I'm tired of it and it doesn't really matter. But people's reactions to this fight were like something I've never seen before. And I'm not sure why. Like, everyone was just extra, extra passionate about it. And honestly, it's why I didn't really talk about it that much or like post about it that much on social media because people just get rabid about the shit. It's insane. And I just like, I can't keep having the same conversation over and over. So, you know, whether you're Team Candace or Team Monique, I think it would be <laughs> in all of our best interest just to leave this fight in 2020 where it belongs in this hellish year. And, you know, just get back to having fun and being friends again. <laughs> deal, deal. All right. Number five, we had a lot of departures this year. So, I'm just going to go down the fucking list here. Okay. Nini, Vicky, Tamara, Teddy, Dorinda, Tinsley, Hannah, Kate, Stassi, Kristen, Max, Brat, Brat, <laughs> Brett, Jax, Brittany. Woo! Okay. Um, the only ones down that list that really uh, hit me hard or upset me were Dorinda, Hannah, and Kate. Um Kay left below deck because she was just over it. And she's now on Bravo's chat room. So she's good. We still get to see her. Hannah was fired, unfortunately, in a very dramatic way. But she's doing great. She doesn't give a shit. She's engaged. She has a cute little baby. Dorinda was fired, we can assume. Um, And she, (laughs) it seems like she might be back. Like she's going to take a season off and she's going to come back. I mean, even Andy kind of said that. So fingers crossed that she'll be back soon. Everyone else was fired. Um, (laughs) Nini is now back on her bullshit. Y'all remember how she just constantly like tweeting vague stuff and being like, oh, you'll see when something's going to happen and like just shit that don't make no sense. So now she's telling everyone to boycott Bravo and um, no, like unless you want to give us a good fucking reason and stop being vague as hell, I absolutely will not be doing that, Nini. Like, just just relax, okay? So, yeah, the rest of them, I don't give a fuck. Vanderpump Rules people can raw inhale, okay? Vicky and Tamara, whatever. Seems like Tamara might be back from what I'm hearing, like, for the next season, but we'll see. And uh, Teddy, <laughs> she had to go. She had to go. Oh, and Tinsley, she just left on her own because Scott told her she had to. So, yeah. All right. Number four, new arrivals. Oh my goodness. We got some heavy hitters here that I love. Uh, Leah, Garcelle, and Sutton. I am obsessed. Leah probably had the best season a newcomer could have. I mean, she really got in there and did the work. And I'm so thankful for her. Garcelle as well. She got in there. She was asking the tough questions. (laughs) She did not give a fuck how you felt about it. I appreciated it. Sutton, hilarious and rich. Love her too. Want her to be full time. Yeah. Uh, We also had Dr. Wendy and her four degrees. Uh, Not really a fan of hers, but she did her job. So 
she can stay. T'Challa, obviously a star. And then we got LaToya and Drew Sidora. Now, we just met them, so the jury is still out. I'm liking LaToya so far. Drew, I don't know about her. <laughs> TBD. TBD. Okay, number three. We got some great new shows this year as well. I like to call them Gifts from God. We got Family Karma and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Family Karma was amazing, and I love it, and I'm so happy that they've been renewed for a second season. They definitely deserve it. I just cannot wait to see what else they have in store for us. I'm ready for them to get back on my TV now. If you didn't watch it before, do it now. You will be glad you did. Trust me. And then Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I mean, incredible, game-changing, (laughs) life-changing, I'm so dramatic. No, but seriously, it's amazing and I love it. They're having a great first season, probably the best first season any show has ever had. The casting is flawless. They've got something really special there and I'm just so happy that we have it now. Like, I feel like we all deserve to get something nice in 2020. So thank you for that, Bravo. Number two, I got the chance to be part of the live audience on Watch What Happens Live Andy called out my name and I got to ask Lonnie Love a question and it was just incredible. It was a lot. Also, I may or may not have drank an entire bottle of wine (laughs) during that time. (laughs) It was such a fun experience. Um, Hopefully in 2021, I'll be able to actually go to the clubhouse and be in that audience for real. Number one. Bitches Better launched in January of 2020, and it has been amazing. I love making this podcast more than I thought I would, and the fact that y'all listen to it and love it so much just makes it that much better. Like, y'all seriously are so great and supportive and funny and interesting. I love talking to y'all, and I love that I've made so many new friends this year through this podcast. Like, it was super unexpected, but it makes me so happy. And that's it, y'all. That's the top 20. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I know for a fact (laughs) that I missed some moments because a ton of shit happened this year and I only have 20 spots, okay? So send me some of y'all's top moments. I'd love to hear them. Um, Also, I just want to remind y'all that this will be the last episode of Bitches Better for 2020, but I'll be back and bitchier than ever right at the start of the new year, okay? In the meantime, an amazing Christmas gift for me would be if y'all could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I would fucking love that. And if you can't wait until the new year for, you know, some more Bitches Better content, you can head over to patreon.com slash bitches better. There's tons of bonus episodes there and it's just $5 a month. I love, love, love you bitches so much. I hope you have a happy holiday and a happy new year. Talk to y'all in 2021. Bye.